Welcome to the teaching ministry of The Cause Church. We pray you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and your attitudes. This morning, the title of my message is very easy. The title of my message is Mind Your Business. Mind Your Business. You ever have that nosy neighbor, you just want to tell them, just mind your business. Or you have a, I love, my in-laws are here, so I can't really say too much bad about them. But there is a time when you're with your spouse's parents, you just want to be like, just mind your business. Or you want to be with your son and your daughter who's eavesdropping in on your conversations and they said, hey, dad, remember what you said about papa? And you're like, hey, mind your business. So this morning I asked my wife to come. We're going to sing a song this morning. But I want to pray with you this morning as before I deliver the word of God. Come on, let's bow our head and close our eyes. Lord, I come before you this morning. I just pray, God, that you would touch your people as we get ready to hear your word, your word that is uncompromised. Change our life, Lord God. I pray today that every person that is under the sound of my voice, Lord, that you would touch, you would move, and God, I pray today that lives will be changed. We love you and we honor you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone says... My wife, Sandy, to the stage today. And we're just going to sing a song that we used to sing and kind of still sing at home in our, our, our living room. And sometimes when we're having a bad day, we, I just get on the piano and just start playing. And uh, Sandy and, and Cody, our son, who serves with Pastor Chris here with the the media team and he they just start walking from different parts of the house and just start singing and we start worshiping because we believe that worship is our weapon in warfare because one thing worship can do it can break up the plan of the enemy it can break up whatever the enemy's trying to do in your life because he's mad because he was kicked out of heaven and he wasn't able to fulfill his job to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
Sometimes when you do worship, no, I say most of the time, all the time, is when the enemy tries to attack you, you have to be one that you get geared up and you may not be able to play the piano, be able to sing, or be able to catch a cookie like that with your mouth <laughs> at one time. But man, your worship breaks up whatever the enemy's trying to do. And this morning, I really believe that there's people here this morning that there's so many things you're facing, no matter what age you are, no matter where you, the walk of life that you come from. But there's some things that break it up, and, and what the one, number one thing that breaks it up is your worship. Number two, the Word of God breaks those things up. Number three is that when you realize that your tongue withholds the power to give life or give death, somebody say amen. There's power in the words that you speak. Do you understand this morning that you create the world you live in by the words you speak. Do you know that when you walk into a room, the Bible says that when Mary and Elizabeth did get, were to, uh, together, that when she walked in the room, the Bible said that the baby inside of her began to leap. And when she walked in because of her salutation, because of the words she spoke, something began to happen and something inside of her began to leap. Somebody say amen this morning. My hopes and my prayer that this morning when you hear the word of God, that something inside of you would begin to leap this morning. Maybe the dream, the vision, whatever it is that God has given you to, to do, whether it's to start a business or whether it's to, to, to get married or whether it's to, to, to whatever it could be this morning that you feel that the Lord has put on your heart. Man, my prayer this morning, the Bible says that the word of God never comes back void. It always comes back with results. And I pray that this morning, that when you hear the word of God, you don't hear Junior talking, 
but you actually hear a word that is downloaded from heaven right in to your heart this morning. So this morning, today is, title of my message today is Mind Your Business. Look at the person next to you and tell them, hey, mind your business. Mind your business. Be nice to your wife or your husband. You may get punched this morning if you ever say, mind your business. The biggest battle a Christian will ever face sometimes occurs between the ears, the battle between your ears. What do you mean? The battle in your mind. You'll either be a person who controls your mind or you'll be a person who is controlled by your mind. Who are you this morning? Are you one that controls the way you think or does the way you think control you? Our mind is the area of the most constant attack by the enemy. Our mind is the doorway into who we are. If we can't win the battle in our minds, we'll never be able to win the battle in this world. Somebody say amen. Arthur Fletcher, who, led, who was the head of the uh, United Negro College Fund, he said this, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. Number one, here's the first point I want to get across to you. What's on your mind? Is it on your mind today to who am I going to go eat lunch with today? Is it on your mind today, you know, what are you going to do tomorrow? Where are we going for, on vacation tomorrow? Or, or what, what's on your mind? Do you have some good things on your mind or do you have some bad things on your mind? Second um, um, Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4 through 5. It says you got to bring your thoughts into captivity. You have to bring that thing in, get, get control over your mind. Some of you that are sitting in here, you're sleeping, but you don't have rest. Why? Because your mind is running every time. Your mind is, will, when I sleep, will I wake up? Will I still be living? Or your mind is thinking, I have to pay this bill. The mortgage is due. How are we going to make ends meet? Are you sleeping and you're thinking about other things and your mind is racing? They say that you can buy a house, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have a home. They say money can buy sex, but it can't buy love. It says money can buy a pillow, but doesn't mean that you got rest. Today's a day this morning. Hey, we got to get a hold of our mind this morning. You have to tell the devil, hey, mind your business. If the devil can con you into believing the lies, he can trick you into letting them become part of your life. Pastor Sherry and Pastor Bob have taught, taught me for the last five years of my life, the devil can't get into your mind. He can always dance around and tempt you on the outside, but he has no residency inside of his mind. Listen to me. You are not the devil's business. You are God's business. You are kingdom business. You are not the devil's business. That's why you have to tell him, hey, mind your business. When he comes and tries to, to break up your business or make it look like and you're not going to be able to make payroll to pay your employees, you got to tell him, mind your business, because I serve a God who provides everything that I need according to his riches and glory. When you look in the cupboards and there's hardly any food, hey, and the devil says, how are you going to feed your family? You tell them, mind your business. You tell them, mind your business. None, it's none of your business. Hey, you've got, just got a new doctor's report. The doctor said you don't have that much to live. And there's the enemy sliding right next to you telling you, you're going to die very soon. Pastor Sherry said it last, I think it was last week. 
She said, some of you are sitting in here, your dad may have died at a certain age, and the enemy comes and says, you're gonna be just like your dad. You're gonna die very early. Well, that's when you look at him and you tell him, hey, mind your business. I'm not your business. I'm God's business. That's why when your kids, people are yelling. Oh, isn't that amazing how people always like to yell at your kids, but they don't yell at their own kids? And I usually stand up when my siblings would get together. They don't discipline their kids, but boy, they're ready to discipline Cody. And they're like, hey, Cody. I look at them and say, hey, 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 hold on, man. Mind your business. You go take care of your kids. Leave Cody to me. He's my business. How much more is God like that? Where he looks at the age, mind your business. He did that in the book of Job. He did that to Job. Mind your business. He belongs to me. He belongs to me. Is there some kind of heads of protection that's been put around Job that there's, I've been doing everything I could, but this man still bows down and still worships you. And I believe God's like, hey, 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 mind your business. Leave Job alone. We often have to deal with thoughts generated by the things we've allowed into our lives. What have you allowed in your mind? What have you given access into your mind and into your house? You've got problems in the house, problems in the family. Find out what you allowed in. Find out who did you open the door to? Who did you give the passcode to to get into the door of your house? That's why I like ring. I can always see who's coming to the door. And whether I want to say, you know how Pastor Sherry said last week, that they would tell her, tell them I'm not home. Well, hey, you don't no longer have to do that. You just don't open the door. You could see now virtually who's at your door. You could see who's coming to your door now. But some of us today, we could see and we've allowed what we saw into the house. We've allowed some things that don't belong into our house. Start looking around. What's in your kids' rooms? Find out what's inside them. Find out what's on that phone. Cody told me this morning, he goes, man, Dad, that software you put on my phone keeps messing up the updates and everything on my phone. I said, it's doing its job. <laughs> it's doing everything it can. Because when it messes up the phone, Cody comes, Dad, what's wrong with this? I said, give it to me. Just another opportunity to check his phone. <laughs> Just be as nosy as I want. But Cody knows very well, don't tell me to mind my business. Because that light bill, that food bill, that car bill is my business, and that's all you use every day. is electricity and everything else. Cody asked me one time, what are, the give, what are we going to get for Christmas? I put a bow on the, the light switch, put a bow on the refrigerator, put a bow on the water, say, Merry Christmas. That's your gift. And all the parents said, Amen. Because you get those gifts 24-7. All of that ain't free. It'd be like me when we were small, try to run an extension cord to the neighbor's house <laughs> if your electricity got caught. When we first got married, and uh, I was laying down, we were living with my in-laws, I was laying down, and my sister-in-law was leaving the house, it was like four or five in the morning, and I jumped up, looked out the window, and I stood on top of the bed, I looked out the blinds, and Sandy goes, what's wrong with you? I go, oh, I thought they were trying to repo our cars. I don't know. She goes, 
what? Nobody repos cars here. I go, man, that's how I was brought up. You just never knew if the car was going to be there the next morning. You were always constantly asking, where's the car? There's always six cars blocking everybody's cars in. So make sure when the repo man came, he couldn't take nobody's car. Yeah, man, I remember those days. You can always tell a person's character by the company they keep. You're having trouble in your mind. I always tell Sandy when something's going on with Cody. One of these days, you're going to have to find out with Benaiah and Levi. You always find out well, who they're hanging with, who they're talking to, who's in their circle of influence. Because you can always tell a person's character by the company they, they keep. My mama would always tell me, she would say, show me who you roll with and I'll show you who you are. She says, you hang around five broke people, you're going to be the fifth broke person. That's why I hang around Pastor Chris, because he got a lot of money. <laughs> so people always think I got a lot of money, but it's the company I keep. But you got to keep people who know to tell the enemy, mind their business. See, our mind works as a replay. Our memory is like a replay button. But our imagination is a preplay button. How much of what we think on is a direct result of the bad choices we've made in life? Pastor Sherwood always say, get that stinky thinking out of your mind. Get that stinky thinking out of your mind. How much of the thinking, the pattern, the way we think is, 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 uh, has been given birth to by our bad choices of the past? Here's number two. Who rules your world? Who rules your world? Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 16. This, this talks about the demonic man who was set free by Jesus. Who rules your world? Last night we went to an angel game last night, and I was sitting with the, three he, the, the two heathens, myself, me and Pastor Chris. We were sitting with Gary Grieg and Tim Arietta. And they introduced us to a new lifestyle of going to games, a very bad lifestyle. What I mean by the bad lifestyle, I was a kid that always sat up way in the nosebleeds. But boy, I walked in with them, I was royalty. We sat right behind the dugout. And we got special privileges, people were bringing our food. They, were, they looked at Gary, Tim, and Chris like, man, he be, they belong here. They looked at me and they go, we see your ticket one more time, sir. <laughs> we see your ticket one more time, sir. Either it was, they were scared of the food shortage or they just wanted to make sure I was in the right place. But it made me think this. Who I walked in with represented who I was. You imagine when you walk in the room with a bunch of, fool, bunch of fools in the room, a bunch of sin in the room, and the enemy packs that room out. But when you walk in with royalty, it gets their attention. Who rules your world? I found out last night, it's very important to find to, to have people around you that are gonna encourage you, love you, and walk with you in this walk of life, this walk of faith. Because that says who rules my world. Who rules your world? The Bible talks about this, this man that was demonically possessed. This man didn't have demons crawling under his skin. It says that this man was being controlled in his mind and his very being. Whoever, whatever, you allow to control your mind will also be the people who control your world. Whoever and whatever you allow to control your mind and control you is eventually the person who controls your world. 
you got to make sure to tell those people to mind your mind your mind your business this man's mind was uh, uh, controlled by demonic forces found himself dwelling amongst the dead in direct result if the enemy can get around your mind and you eventually open that door he'll work you to bring you to a place that you walk amongst the dead Walk, you start walking around and start talking with people who are dead. Maybe not physically, but spiritually. You're walking with people who have no faith. And you come to work and you're like, man, I just really believe the Lord put this on my heart. And they're like, what? <laughs> yeah, I really believe he put this. The Lord's not a he. He's not a she. She's not a. Then it just goes on and on. It just, those are people with no life in them. That's why I pray really hard for our college our young high school schoolers that are getting ready to go to college. Because you want to talk about the battlefield of the mind? Our college campuses right now are the battlefield of the mind. They, want, they need to go in there with strong faith. That's why I know Luke Lewis is going to win his campus to the Lord. That's one young man, you can't alter his faith. He, he was mad at me at camp one time because we were five minutes late leaving the camp. He's like, where are we going, Junior? We got to get to camp. I said, I'm taking you to in and out He goes, I like that idea. I like that idea. If the enemy, like I said, can get in there and control you, bring you to a place, walk amongst the dead. When Jesus delivered this man from demonic forces that controlled him, we're told in the Bible that he was found by people in the right state of mind. We must allow God's spirit to renew our minds day in and day out because it'll prevent us from walking amongst the dead and following the ways of the Lord. Romans 12 verse 2 says that. Not only did this man escape the death in his life, but he also became alive to himself and went about sharing life to others. When Jesus sets you free, all you have left to do is, is share the secret of how he sets you free. No longer will you share dead things, but you'll share life things. You'll be able to go and tell people, I was set free by Jesus Christ. Number three, what if, this is my final point, what if, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, tells us that we must have the mind of Christ. What if we really believed this verse and lived it out? What if you really believe that it's important that you have the mind of Christ? What if you really believe that? If you believe that, then you'll find out that you'll do things different while here on earth. Crazy thing is, every time I do a funeral, and everybody looks at me like, what's he gonna say? One of the key things I always tell them is that when I went, I was in, 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 in a, a Bible school, that the, the, they took us on a tour of the mortuary, and the, the funeral director got us, and he took us to the main, different stages of what happens to you when you die. But he said this, he said, but this table, Oh, this is my important table. I said, why is it so important? He said, because it doesn't matter if you're black, you're white, Asian, whatever it could be, everyone comes to this table. I said, wow, that's pretty good. But he goes, but the common thing is this. Whether they're rich, they lay here, but their money stays here. Yeah. Whether they're poor, they come here. They still leave with nothing. He says, because when you die, nothing goes with you. Nothing 
goes with you. Man, if you're with people, if you understood today that you only have such a small amount of time to make a difference, if you understand that you only, on your gravestone, it says the beginning of life, the ending of life, but there's that dash. That dash represents what did you do in between the beginning and the end. Did you make an impact for Jesus or did you make nothing? Did you, do, uh, did you bring more chaos than peace to this world? Lastly, what if we made it a point to please him and please him alone? What if we understood this one thing? If you would walk through your life and viewed and approached your world with the same mind that Christ had when he was, when he was here on earth, how much more of an impact would you make on this world? If you walked around in this world, had the mind of Christ. But here's more important. What if you're the one that God wants to use to bring the greatest move of his spirit that the world has ever seen? What if you're the one? What if you're the one that he's like, hey, you're the next Tommy Barnett. You're the next Bob Reeve. Well, you're the next Chuck Reeve. You're the next Pastor Sherry. You're the next Pastor Chris that you're going to bring revival to this world. What if you are? David never knew that. He was just a little shepherd boy. But man, he changed my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I really believe this morning that there's a move of God happening right now. I believe that there's people in this place today that just say, Pastor Junior, I'm that one person this morning that needs a touch from God this morning. I need a move of God on my life. I need to renew my mind. And I really believe that those people are in this place right now. And you just say, Pastor Junior, that's me. On the count of three this morning, I want you to make a public declaration today and just say, hey, Pastor Junior, that's me. Would you pray for me today? I believe it would be a positive response from the left to the right, from the back to the front. I believe that they're, you're here today by divine appointment, not by accident, but that you can have an interaction today with the Holy Spirit. The count of three, I want you to lift your hand and just say, Pastor Junior, that's me. One, two, three, lift your hand. Yes, I see it, I see it. I see it, you can put your hand down. Also, if you're here today, and you may be here, you may be visiting for the very first time, like my friend Lydia, who's here, and you just say, oh man, I don't know what this Jesus, this, Jesus thing is about, but I wanna be able to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. If you're here this morning, you just say that that's me, or even if you're watching online, I believe that there's plenty of people that are watching this morning that are in need of a Savior. If you're here or whether you're online, I want you to raise your hand. Just say, Pastor Junior, that's me. I need Jesus in my life. I want you to raise your hand. One, two, three. Put your hand up right now if that's you. I see 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 you. I'm going to go one step further today. There's people in here that just say, Pastor Jim, that's me. 
I'm sick this morning and I need a healing. I need the healing virtue of Jesus Christ to fill my body. If that's you on the count of three, just raise your hand. We want to pray for you. Even if you're on your line, online. One, two, three, lift your hands right now. We're going to pray. I see you right now. I see it. I see it. Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, every person that is under the sound of my voice who's raised their hand, whether they're online or whether they're here in the house, Lord, I pray today that they'd have a divine experience with you and a divine encounter like never before. Will you touch them this morning? Heal their bodies, even if they're watching online. Heal that one person who thought to end their life today, that if they watched today and they didn't hear anything that brought hope, that they were going to end it. I pray touch that person now. Set them free in Jesus' name. Embrace them, apprehend them this morning, Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. For those who have just received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you raised your hand. We want to be able to pray with you. We're going to repeat this prayer with you. We call this a champion's prayer. So come on, church. Let's repeat it with them and let's say it all together loud and proud. Say, dear God, I come before you today as a sinner in need of a Savior. Will you come into my heart? Be the Lord of my life. I recognize that you died on the cross for me. And so today, will you be my Savior? And from this day forward, I want to serve you with the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And all who believe shall say, Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message from The Cause Church. For more information about The Cause or for further resources, visit our website, thecause.cc or call 714-255-0930.